Welcome to Pull the Pin Radio, a place where average veterans come to share their opinions on the world we live in. We can't guarantee you're going to like our opinions. But we promise we're going to enjoy giving them to you. I'm Jim. I'm Nate. And I'm Paul. Let's pull the pin already. Got it. Good job. As we can uh, see, or you can see, and if you can't see, if you're on radio, uh, Mike is on business. So we've got the amazing Nate Dog filling in for Mike tonight. And joining us as usual is Paul. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks for having us. Thank you guys for stepping up. Mike's a big part of this program. We just literally lost our entire diversity card. So uh, we're going to have to roll with it. <laughs> so what do you guys want to talk about? Hey, you got any gas? Yeah, <laughs> I filled up yesterday. All right. Well, pipelines are back open. Let's talk about some gas. All right. Let's talk about that. Anybody want to share how they seen that happen? What you got, Paul? Well, it's 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 funny. It's always the Russians, <laughs> except when it comes to electing Biden. Everything else is the Russians that gets hacked. So I just find that very interesting off the get go. To do we even know that? I mean, have they even had a a, a PIR after it? I mean, I don't. I don't even. Is this speculation? Or I don't even know. But I saw it come across CNN yesterday. Five major pipelines were hacked, and I immediately went and filled up all my vehicles and a couple of five-gallon cans. Now, however, me filling up vehicles is like a quarter of the tank because I'm, as I get older, I no longer drive my vehicles all the way down to empty. No, I'm, I'm not old enough yet. My might still go down to E. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of those hybrid guys, you know, not a hybrid car, but sometimes it's empty. Sometimes it filled it half. <laughs> So, so it was the uh, Russians, or uh, that, is that the supposed theory? Yeah, that the pipeline Colonial was was hacked, and a ransomware installed on it. So basically, the notion is is that they're holding this pipeline for ransom. Essentially, that's the story. At least it was as of a few hours ago. So did you confirm that? Because when I first got the story, it was, n- it was not the pipeline computers. It was the computers on the other side, which would mean the emails and the, the, the company computers. They shut the pipeline down because they were in a panic, thought it was going to be both. Yeah, now I've not heard that as a differentiation. So again, like we don't even know anything really of what even happened to the extent of, I don't think. But automatically, like first thing, it was the Russians. Sure. Why is everything the Russians all of a sudden? Well, we, we won't know either because the FBI is too busy uh, arresting uh, insurrectionists. So they don't have any resources to check on anything like this, which actually these companies knew about years ago. Well, yeah, I looked, I, I'm, I in, I'm on... in Delaware, so looking at the pipeline map, the pipeline doesn't come through Delaware. So supposedly, if it doesn't come through your state, you don't use it. But Maryland, Virginia, Pennsylvania, and Jersey use it. And I'm surrounded by all four of those states. So how the hell do I get gas if I don't use that pipeline? <laughs> you probably get it directly off the coast. I don't know. Yeah, we do have a lot of ports here. So that, that could be true. I went and got gas today because I needed it, not because I wanted it. But... um. I, there was no lines. I just pulled up to a gas pump. And now when I did pull up 18, 
Yeah, see, I have a diesel truck, and I run high test in my Audi and my my motorcycle, so I had no problems with fuel. Yeah, all the diesel were open. I noticed it uh, when I went out yesterday, just went to my local store. I wonder why nobody was there. I pull in, there's plastic bags over all the handles. And I was like, I heard I heard this, but I also, I heard since it was a computer on the outside that it was no, no big deal because this ransomware stuff is not new. Uh, I know a pu- couple people, even some of them in network companies, that are getting nailed with this ransomware. So it's not a surprise. I saw where uh, gas pumps were blocked off by the orange construction cones. People would go up, move the cones, and the pump still worked. So I don't know what they, what they were doing, trying to conserve gas. Maybe I don't, I don't know, but they had it blocked off with the construction cone. But they moved the cone and started pumping gas, and it worked. Well, there's there's a there's this theory floating out there about with like uh, the shortage, which North Carolina was hit pretty good. Uh, was people were, you know, uh, what do they call that? Like, uh, what's the term they use? Panic buying, like the toilet paper thing. But but it's curious because, from what I'm understanding, the Charlotte area was hit with like 71 percent of their their gas places were empty. So is it only people in North Carolina panic buying? It's the people that watch the news are panic buying. Sure, but I mean, people across the country can see the news. And we know how much accuracy the news has. If the news didn't tell you there would be a gas shortage, there would not be a gas shortage. The the pipelines are back open as of today, again. They're back Mm -hmm. flowing again. I mean, I don't know how much gas didn't flow in the past five days, but I'm sure there's still gas in the pipeline, so it just can't. Start from well, Texas and it'd take a week to get back up to Jersey. That's how the media got you. The media said there is no gas shortage because it's all in the pipes. But the people in Charlotte, North Carolina said uh, there's a shortage because <laughs> it's not in my car. Yeah. Well, it's probably distance, too, to get it from the pipeline to Charlotte is greater than any other large metropolitan area in North Carolina. Asheville would probably be the closest, and that's not very large, going west. So you, you could see they probably – I mean, what are their, their reserve minimums that you think they run on out there in fuel? I mean, really, how, how many how many days do you think are in the ground at any given gas station per day? Two days worth? Yeah, I was going to say, it can't be, can't be much because you see trucks filling a lot. All the time. So, I mean, that's probably what that is. There's nothing to pull out to, to bring. And one day right. in a large city, especially when everybody's going, oh, my God, we're running out of gas, that quickly becomes no gas. You know, right. and I think you hit it right there, large city. So large cities ran out of vaccines pretty quick, too, earlier. But rural areas didn't run out of vaccines because people aren't rushing out to get the vaccines. They're not rushing out to get gas because they know it's going to be there. Right. And I, I don't know, like, I just don't know the panic buy thing. You know, I, I don't know. Like, I get it with the toilet paper. We saw that. The panic buy, though. Yeah, I don't. I just don't know. I, I don't. I didn't see a lot of people panic buying. I saw a lot of gas stations closed. I didn't see a lot of cars. Well, I've seen all the, all the pictures on Facebook because if it's online, it must be true. Sure. 
people putting it in plastic bags, people bringing those blue Tupperware totes, filling that up, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, five-gallon gas cans filling up. Now, I mean, it was Facebook. How true is it? But I'm sure some of those pictures were true because people are doing it. Yeah. So, so Paul, do you do you? I mean, you talked about Russia. Do you want to walk the conspiracy lines with all these? Because uh, I heard some other stuff. <laughs> I I really don't know that I want to walk the conspiracy lines on it, but it seems a whole lot to me like Creepy Joe is the boy who cried Russia. Right. Like anything that happens is negative. It's always it's Russia. It's Russia. And, and maybe there's some validity to it. I mean, I don't know. I'm not privy to the information that's in those circles. You know, however, th- Russia's the new enemy. Russia is the new boogeyman. Russia is the new Emmanuel Goldstein, you know, to make the 1984 reference. You know, it just seemed, is, is this true? Is, but why, why is Russia now this th- threat to us all of a sudden? What's the underlying, there's got to be something that's underpinning all of this. Well, Russia's direct, uh, in direct conflict with Ukraine, right? Ah, so there might be an interesting connection right there that the current administration has some shady dealings in Ukraine, or at least there's speculation of some shady dealings in Ukraine. Yeah, well, that's why they had to tie Trump to Russia, put him on the side of the enemy. And I don't know if you saw this, but uh, I was watching really interesting because I know on YouTube, at least because YouTube sucks, we're not allowed to talk about any of that that voter irregularity stuff, you know? And I just watched a, um, they call it like a news package. I don't think it was like a full documentary, but there was a news package that I watched about the uh, Dominion machines and all that stuff, all the, all the possible problems and literally calling the F word, you know, the one that ends with odd, um, calling that out at two in 2016 after Trump was elected, they did a whole special on it about how, Oh, it could have been easily fixed. It could have been this, could have been that. You know, they did a whole special on it. I'd never seen that. And I just saw that. And now in 2020, uh, don't look here. Put the curtain back over. It's not possible, even though it wasn't 2016. And let's blame Russia. And I think they even did blame Russia back then. Yeah, they, they were hacking our democracy. They, I mean, not only were they doing that, they were releasing Hillary Clinton's emails aghast she comes up as some raging beep 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 and then like in her emails and she shows it to the American people and that's like some kind of collusion and somehow Trump was in on it and again <laughs> I'm not a, a, a I don't believe in any politicians but I at least like to look at the honesty on both sides and the deceit on both sides and it's it's I'm just curious it's Russia because remember, for 20 years, it was the Islamic jihadist, fascist, terrorist boogeyman that was coming to get you that you need to be afraid of. And we're here to protect you. And, and look at what that cost us in blood and treasure, that narrative. You know, if, if I could hack a computer and demand $40 million ransom, I'd probably do it myself. And I'm an American. Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> if I could make money off of ransoms and not get in trouble... It seems more likely that this seems something that that the left eco-terrorism would do, right? This seems like it's more anti-capitalist, pro-environmental rhetoric. 
Because if you think about it, look what it's done. I mean, imagine if you if this was prolonged. Okay, so imagine if we have this for two weeks. It's going to be awful to the economy. Right? Because how much of, of what we utilize, think about all these people that can't, that, that live far away from where they work. They're not, maybe not going to be able to go to work. But we're reducing greenhouse emissions. So this seems like if anybody was doing it, I would think it's more somebody, the environmental left that would try and pull this off versus Russia because. I mean, even if you factored in Ukraine, that's still, unless you're trying to make Biden look bad for some reason, but I don't know, that dude's got Teflon on him. I think he does a good job himself. And no shit, and still he doesn't look bad. I mean, and look at him, he's a train wreck. Yeah. I so does, does this prove we need pipelines in America? That maybe their infrastructure... And I wonder how much the, the closing down of the, the Keystone XL, how much this has to play into it as well. What would, our, what would our supply be right now if we had that pipeline to tap into? Exactly my point. I'm sure gas would be cheaper. Well, it was cheaper in 2019. Yeah, it, it was cheaper four months ago. Yeah, it was cheaper. And, and, I, and I would think about that because, Paul, uh, the angle you're talking about, like uh, the uh, environmental thing, like I, I thought about that, too, because it, they're pushing this infrastructure bill, the whole green thing. I just don't know if I would say that those people are that stupid because the impl- or the, the, the results of shutting down this pipe, if it lasted longer, this would affect everybody. So I don't know if that would have been a smart angle to take. I don't know, but these are the same people that claim we have a CO2 greenhouse problem because of cow farts. So I don't know how much you know logic they're putting into their thinking other than, hey, let's just be disruptive. Yeah, and, and maybe you're right. Maybe the fact that it only lasted a couple days is just enough fear to make everybody go out and buy a Tesla because Nancy Pelosi invested in Tesla and Biden said we all have to have electric cars in the government. And gas is going up. Right. Yeah, but how do you get how do you get Tesla batteries? <laughs> See, there you go thinking in, in two or three critical thinking steps. That's just that's blasphemy. That yeah. By gas producing vehicles that dig up <laughs> the uranium or whatever those batteries use. Lithium. <laughs> Close enough. I had ethium, right? <laughs> <laughs> the theum. I got the theum. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if uranium batteries would be that good or not. <laughs> but yeah, this also spiked something else. Uh, Michigan was talking about shutting down a pipeline for something, which I don't know if it had anything to do with this, but this allowed that conversation to happen, I guess. Yeah, maybe they're shutting down the pipeline to gun to Detroit. That'd be a good pipe on the shutdown. I would say flood the place with guns, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Give the regular citizen a fighting chance. Yeah, maybe even some claymores. <laughs> <laughs> I like claymores. Well, I, I do say that, you know, when I first heard this, I mean, actually, Brian, I mean, you guys know Brian. Brian sent me a a link to an article and I, and I like looked at it and I said, Brian, I said, 
I'm not worried about this. This is like the back-end computers. That's how I knew it was the back-end. It wasn't the pipeline computers. I said, this is no big deal. I'm not worried. The, the, the fuel's going to keep flowing. It's just they're going to be disrupted on their probably their money flow and all their distribution links and all that. It's a company. They got to have a backup, right? <laughs> yeah, so they, they got hacked. And I saw a, a thing on the news about usually these things, they hack them and they demand a ransom to release the hack. Right. So did they pay the ransom or did they figure out the hack and work their computers better? Well, from what I understand, there is no way around it. The ransomware is, is, is it. I don't think they have a solution unless, you know, somebody knows the one. But I'm thinking in this day and age, you got backups, don't you? Like, don't you? <laughs> like, you're only running oil to the country, or at least half the country, a portion. Of, you have backups, right? Not that one. Redundancy is highly overrated. Right. And there is some risk, I think, if I understand correctly, if, if, if it's redundant, it could be redundant on the backup. So it could actually go to the backups. But you think ransomware is not new. So there has to be some way to, to at least limit it, mitigate it. So when does the onus fall on, on the company? You know, when do we start, you know, pushing back on the people who are not protecting our resources, but yet charging us, you know, X amount of dollars to get it? Well, what are we going to do? You have to have gas. You're going to pay for it. Instead of raise gas prices on all of us, which essentially pay for the ransom. Well, you have, I mean, for the ransomware part, right? I'm saying, but take the ransom out of the question. And the gas companies, this Colonia gas company, you can't tell me they, they didn't see this as a threat at some point. I mean, companies all over are getting these threats. Yeah, but you would think that others would take notice now because, I mean, if you can't get your goods to market, you don't make money. So you just raise prices and you make your money. Okay, so again, now this is where the, the left the anti-capitalist left and the environmental eco left would come together on these two issues, right? Because they want to hit you in your pocket. That's the evil, greedy, robber baron, standard oil capitalist that's screwing you on your gas prices, even though it's uh, nothing more than a matter of supply and demand. That's really all that it is. And then, oh, by the way, Maybe you should think about another means, another more earth-friendly means on how you, if you didn't have this. And so I think the two of those come together very well in, in what side would perpetuate this more so than Russia. Right. And think about it. The, that type of agenda really plays into the modern democratic left today. There's a whole lot of anti-capitalist, anti-capitalism rhetoric, right? Because what would be the opposite of that as far as economics, <clears throat> right? Would be more socialistic at that point. So th this fits their narrative very, very well. And so it would behoove them not to say, yeah, this is socialist eco-terrorists doing this. It's the Russians. Right. So that that's why I say it's kind of bullshit. But if you're if you're pinning everything on the Russians, are you are you putting your stock in the fact that the average middle you know, my age and older remembers when the Soviet Union was a threat? 
and that's a comfortable new threat that we, you know, an old threat that we can make a new threat. Is it that, or is it something deeper? Like we, we speculated with Ukraine. There's a reason they're pinning. They're saying everything's for Russia. Well, we know it's, but we know it's not true. I mean, I don't want to say that adamantly, but we know it's not true. For example, how many times do we have airplanes crash into a building? Once, right? We fixed that problem, didn't we? So how is it that Russia can keep doing this? Are we really that pathetic that we know it's coming? We've had it done before and we can't stop it? Like, are we really that bad at stopping Russia? Yeah, is it, is it, is it really Russia? Or is that who they're blaming? Well, that's, that's my point, I'm saying. Nate. I think it's bullshit. I think it's a ruse. But there's a reason, right? So are, are we going to war with Russia? Because I see this happening throughout our history is... You know, we we spin up this rhetoric of these evil people that they're always constantly this existential threat. And there's usually an end game to that. And, th- and that bothers me, especially if you have a Sino-Russia agreement that comes about. Because now we got two very large, quote unquote, economic superpowers in the world that are ganging up to fuck us up. And that's not going to be good for us. Well, we don't need it because we're doing it ourselves. Well, you have to think about BRICS, too. So BRICS is Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. They've all established their own gold-backed currency exchange between them for trade. Say, who, who is BRICS? BRICS is Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. So no, no one in the European Union? No one in the European Union at all. And, and when the World Bank was going and selling off gold like mad during the 08 recession, guess who bought all that shit up? Russia, India, China. So they now have a solid currency that they are trading amongst themselves with because they're trying to depeg from the U.S. dollar. Because if you haven't noticed, we've got a fuck ton of inflation going on right now. More than a quarter of the money ever created since the United States government has ever existed was created last year. Wow. Last year. I'll reiterate that to you. Last year. So people are going to start, they're going to start dumping the U.S. dollar because it's going to be worth, worth less. So now who's going to have a, a currency that actually has value? Well, it's about yeah. 6,000 years of monetary history that says gold is a pretty good gamble. It's already worthless because gas is prices going up, lumber's going up, housing's going up. So it's already oh, worthless personally to us. Yeah. Hey, man, we gave you 600 bucks and 1,400 bucks as your stimulus. Be fucking happy. <laughs> that's what it is. When they were doing the stimulus, everybody, you know, I'm going, no, don't. That's retarded. You're going to pay for it tenfold later on. Just. Yep ease up all the, the restrictions the government's placing on business and let people go back to work and take their own chances, you don't have to give them stimulus. They can fend for themselves. So what's the breaking point? I know it's not far. Well, I've always thought, honestly, that that it's going to be a failure of our currency. There's a really, really super interesting book if you're into reading this kind of stuff. It's called um, When Money Dies. And it's about... The, it's about Germany after Versailles. So at the end of Versailles, one of the parts of the Versailles Treaty that really crippled Germany was if there was any battle damage in Europe, Germany had to pay for it. 
in gold. So they, the Allies took all of the gold out of Germany, essentially. And if you look at how the, the, the rate of the mark to the dollar in ni- January of 1923 was 1.3 marks to $1. By February of 24, so 13 months later, it was 3 million marks to the dollar. And that's a modern industrialized nation in 1923. Probably one of the most industrialized modern nations in the world. And then what do we have that came out of, what what rose out of the ashes of all that turmoil? National Socialism. The Euro. Well, I mean, if you, really, if you want to look at the Euro and the Eurozone, the dude who set that up was the finance minister of the Nazi party. That was the Fourth Reich. They went, okay, we're just gonna we're gonna control the financial markets in the European Union. And we're gonna do it financially. You look at all of the, the the evolution of the of the EU, which came about as a solid entity, what in the last twenty years, but it, this went on since the late forties. So I, I I I would think, and there's also other examples, and but you can you know, Zimbabwe and Argentina. You can go through all those. But people, oh, it's, it's fucking Zimbabwe. I mean, this was industrialized Germany, and I I think if if there's going if it's going to collapse under its own weight, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be they print so much fucking money. I mean, what are they talking about the deficit? The deficit, not even the budget this year. The deficit for this year is four trillion dollars. Well, you want me to tell you where the the indicator is? There's a lot of rich, wealthy people investing right now in Bitcoin and stuff. That's a sign right there. That new Dogecoin, Dogecoin, whatever it's called, just just Dogecoin. What's it called? Dogecoin. Dogecoin. Well, that just that just plummeted. It's been going up and down like that. Yeah. So this this pipeline that we have on the super volatile. And the reason that that's volatile is there's no set amount to it, right? So value is based upon scarcity. So when our dollar was based in gold, you only had so much gold, right? You could you can't print gold. I mean, kings tried to have alchemists and shit for centuries to make gold. You just can't do it. And so because there was a set amount other than what you could pull out of the ground, which takes labor, Right? So it's not like a big net profit. You just don't walk through the woods one day and find a bazillion dollars worth of gold laying around there. Right, So it's scarcity. So Bitcoin has scarcity. There's a, a set amount. Dogecoin, to my knowledge, was set up by a bunch of like college people that wanted to use that to trade amongst themselves. But as Jim said, he made the good point, is you're seeing people are getting out of the U.S. dollar. So this pipeline that got shut down on the East Coast for a couple of days. Do we export any of that elsewhere? Or is that only an American field? I would imagine that's probably brought to us uh, from the Gulf in a tanker to the coast. Because so we, we don't, don't act- produce a whole lot of oil in any of those states, maybe minus a small amount in Texas and Ohio. Well, Texas. Yeah, but that's well, not where the pipeline is coming through to us. Well, it starts, it starts in Houston. This one did? This one starts in Houston. I thought it ran from like Jersey to South Carolina. No, it, run, it, runs, from, it runs from Houston to Jersey. 
Yeah, and when I know Jersey, I know what they're talking about. Linden, Linden's a place that just smells. That's why Newark Airport, you can smell it before you land. Um, it's a refinery there. There's everything, you know, right there. So, and they're obviously a port of entry for all that stuff. So this could have been any either or. I don't know enough about the company or yeah, what either. they were pushing. Hey Jim, where are you from? Jersey. Okay, just checking. Yeah. So I was just arm, wondering if, if we exported any, if any of this, this pipeline got exported to other countries, if it's impacting them also or not. I haven't heard anything about that. Well, well that's supposedly good... Virginia, where I am, gets 45% of their gas and oil, excuse me, out of that pipeline. And looking at the stores today that had gas, 44% of them had none. What's the price of your gas right now? Uh, again, I don't know. I pay high test, and that shit's been going on like crazy for weeks. Oh, yeah. Um, like low test was 285 I'm paying... a about 380 a gallon for high test yeah ours just one our, our 87 89 whatever it is went up to 299 today it was 289 yesterday and then the gas station i stopped at today because i needed gas not because i wanted to get gas uh the the 90 what 91 93 were both out they, they weren't selling that today but the elevation of prices with shortages though People, you know, people go in there and they're like, oh, you're price gouging. But not really. What that does is that cuts down on the asshole that shows up with a 300-gallon tank in the back of his trailer. It makes him go, huh, do I really need to fill the whole 300-gallon tank up? Or that's kind of a pain in my ass. I, mean, I can only afford 100 of it. So that's not necessarily a bad thing when they raise prices. Again, it's all a matter of simple economics. It's supply and demand. It's <clears throat> the supply of the Keystone pipeline was open. What, what would that have done to our prices? Yeah, again, that was a question earlier. Our supply would definitely be larger, so the demand wouldn't it wouldn't be as bad. Now, granted, I know that pipeline didn't run this way, but we still had that pipeline, another pipeline in the United States that we could use to get over to the East Coast. It would free up resources anyway. Yeah, right. So, so, Paul, I wanted to ask you about something you just said there, because you, you sound like it was the panic buy, whatever like that, that you're talking about. Um, some guy showing up with that big gallon, or I've seen a guy with, you know, the, the little, whatever, those little gas tanks. We had five-gallon gas tanks. We had, like, a whole bunch of them. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I could be judgmental right now, but I also have to understand that there's people out there that run businesses, that do things. I run I mean, a landscaping so, company. Yeah, I mean... So they do need this fuel. Which, so what always of... seems interesting, right? And so you look at it this way: like people talk about, oh, you're hoarding. Well, I mean, I go, I go to the grocery store once a month. Am I hoarding food? Right. You know, from, so from I those weekly food, guys, yeah. One thing, and and now, what if I owned a restaurant and I bought food? once a month would i buy more than the average person who just goes to walmart and buys two or three days worth of food probably so i don't necessarily see how that's hoarding but then also too if you think about the events of the last year and a half if you are are your supply chain is two to three days long you need to wake the f up right i mean i only got like two days worth of shit paper I mean, at this point, come on. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's hoarding because we didn't have a problem before 
they told us, oh, toilet paper is going to be short demand. Well, people want to hoard it because how many years has we want has have we won without a toilet paper shortage? We haven't without a gas shortage since the 70s when the media <clears throat> told us there's a problem with it. I don't know. In the South, every time they even say the word snow on the radio, <laughs> there's an immediate diaper, shit, paper, and milk shortage at the grocery store. Yeah, milk, milk and bread, right? Yeah. Milk, but you know, you know the cycle, though, right? It, the cycle's simple. All the immediate rush is from the, the people who panic, right? And then you got the people who say, well, there's no need to panic, but there's no more toilet paper or bread, so I need to get mine. So yeah. they become part of the idiot rush, you know, but, but like my personal opinion is, is this goes back even further though. What is allowing people to even panic? Media. Well, that, I that's mean, a big part of it, I think, but there's, I, there is a overwhelming sense of impending doom and unease in this country right now that I have never experienced in my half a century being on this planet. If someone you just tell you that we're going to run out of gas, you won't go out and buy gas like that. If someone didn't tell you, oh, we're going to run out of toilet paper. Like, really? We're having a pandemic. I understand that. And toilet paper is the only thing we run out of? Well, you, you still, like, we just we just talked about it. Didn't we just talk about gold and the dollar? Well, why wouldn't people be ready to panic? That don't matter anymore. Gold, I mean, dollar, gold, gold and dollar aren't tied together anymore. But like, I mean, that's what we are in a state of, of people living in panic because they see the impending doom. No, they don't see the cities are all about the impending doom, and there is no doom. Down. I mean, the, the whole world is upside down and backwards, it's palpable. Most people, I think, unless you're just head in the cloud, everything's great, which I think those numbers are dwindling every day. If you're even kind of looking around and paying attention, I think you're going, Man, shit's not right. And I think a lot of people are starting to think, man, my way of life might be drastically disrupted. I mean, think about the pandemic didn't really drastically upset our lives that much. Right? Okay, you didn't have ass wipe for a couple of weeks. You had to walk around, wear a mask. If you worked in the service industry, you were kind of fucked on your job. But beyond that, we still had food at the grocery store. We still had gas at the gas pump. We, the, we still had electricity. There wasn't, you know, mass looting in the streets minus the cities that we had for whatever the civil unrest that, that came about on there for whatever cause or reason or time frame that happened. I think most people, they, they're ready to panic. So that tells you what happens when the shit really hits the fan. That's what I buy. Those type of you things. You better be my family. And have enough food for a growing season, my friend. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, that well, that industry went up too. I mean, there are enough people out there that you know it's not just preppers anymore. Yeah, right. that was a booming industry where back backlogs were like two, three months. I'm I'm just keeping my dog alive right now, just in case. Yeah, right. Last <laughs> one on the menu, but it's on the menu. <laughs> it comes down to it, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. First, first, first he's security, then he's dinner. Their, <laughs> yeah, exactly. dog was their best meal. What's that? Lewis and Clark on their expedition, on their way back, they were trading horses, like one horse for 40 dogs. And they were like, dogs are tasty as shit. And you know what? They like follow you. 
You don't right, have to growl right. them, hurt them. Like, <laughs> hit him in the head with a tomahawk and you got dinner. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's terrible. I'm a dog lover. Yeah, yeah, me too. But, yeah, I get it. You know, you're going to make but a lot I'm of hungry. I'm hungry. Legs, man. Yeah. That's funny, too, because people act like they wouldn't. People, it's the same people that bought all the toilet paper that act like they wouldn't eat their dog. <laughs> so in, in a crisis, you can't wipe your butt off with water or something, but you can buy all the toilet paper. Like, ah, oh, come on, people. Crazy. Well, there's right, a really got- good book written by a guy. Um, a da- I think his first name is David. Rawlings, his last name. It's called Patriots. And the cover is really cheesy. It's it's one of those like don't ju- d- judge a book by its cover. The dude's like in brand new ACUs, and it's just it's a terrible cover. But anyway, the gist of the story is is we had a um, a financial collapse in the United States, and some of them had kind of prepped, and they all met up in this place in Idaho or whatever. And throughout the deal, you know, he's, he's going through his scenarios. He would always say, you know, like hindsight's twenty twenty. And one of the things that he talked about in the book was shit paper. Like, we didn't have shit tickets, you know, and you just didn't think about it. You just kind of took that for, for granted. And then when they're no longer a grocery store to make shit tickets, now, like, what do you do? You got to go back to old school, leaves and hands and that kind of stuff. And so that was one of the, one of the many things. It's a really good book if you ever read it. It's, it's uh, one of the things that stood out to me in the book. And so my brother and I started watching this in, like, December of ni- – end of December of nineteen. And we had started sitting down and talking about it. And then that was like one of the things I thought about, okay, canned goods and shit tickets. So every time I'd go to the grocery store, I would go buy myself a you know, family pack of toilet paper. So when all of this hit the fan, I already had like enough ass wipe for me and my family for a year. There's three females involved in that. So, you know, that's, that's a whole lot of ass wipe going on there, right? No, yeah. it, it, it just, it, it amazes me that people still get caught flat footed now. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there are people out there that, that there are people extreme opposite. What you said, there's the doomsday people. And then there's the people that are just oblivious and take everything for granted. And it's the people that get caught flat footed that they're looking, they're driving down the road and they're like, why is there a line at the gas station? They pull in the gas station. They're like, why is there a line here? Oh, because they shut off this pipeline. Well, holy shit. I need to get me scooter. Get up here with some gas cans right now. So they, they're the ones that overreact, I think. Yeah. Well, I, I think everyone does because of everyone else. I just don't know how else you do it. If you need gas and everybody overbuys and you're the only one out gas, then the end of the line, you still have no gas. Whether you're smart or si- stupid. I'm just sitting at home looking at my gas cans and my plywood laughing at people. Right, right. Yeah, you could sell that if I you want. I wish I had plywood. You know, you have a lot of money when you're shooting your 380 rounds at plywood. <laughs> oh, no. Not shooting any extra 380 rounds and definitely not into plywood. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. That's one of the things that's funny. You got a buddy trying to say, hey, let's go to range and shoot us. Are you bringing the bullets? <laughs> <laughs> is this like an army range where I don't have to pay for the shit all I have to pay for <laughs> exactly oh. alright you guys want to beat this one down and call it a day and move to our closing here that's fine we can pull a pin yeah cause uh, we're getting gas now so whatever this is I think it'll reveal it's ugly head later on I think it'll be short term it's already short yeah. 
<clears throat> yeah, I'm just saying though the angle. Yeah. Yep. Whatever yeah. the angle was. I don't know what the re- angle is yet, but it it will be revealed. Yeah, in time it'll reveal itself because I, I don't know about you, but we've had a lot of state of emergencies lately. And I, I don't know if, it, if it's the coming of Christ or if they're just being fabricated so we can pass laws again. I don't know. So. When's the last time either one of y'all read Orwell's 1984? Uh, it's been a while. I mean, I keep hearing about it. an adult where you become kind of aware of your politic? Never. Yeah. No, I mean, I've saw it again. Yeah, I've saw Idiocracy and that that was enough for me to go read. Go read 1984 again. There's a lot of things. I I went and read it, reread it again about 10 years ago. And like it it almost made me wear the tinfoil hat for a while. I I saw so Mm -hmm. many similarities on what was going on that. And you could read Huxley's Brave New World, which is it's more about drugging and entertaining the masses to keep them under control. But if you kind of combine the both of those. It's almost like it was a lesson plan, <clears throat> right? Hmm. Yeah. Anywho. Right. All right. Well, uh, let's move into our favorite segment here, which we've modified to be anything you want. Uh, basically, so I don't really have to introduce it. It's just our final words out. Pull the pin on something, person of the week, or whatever you want to give a shout out to. Anybody want to go? I'm gonna pull a pin on the. Governors of the week who are opening back up. We realized that the uh, we can say all the numbers you want to say, but when your hospitals aren't overwhelmed, you you can't really fear anymore. So COVID's still out there, sure, but these governors finally realized, hey, I can't keep making you fear when the numbers are not up. So good for them. So you were pulling the pin good for them? Or good you're... for them. Good for them opening up. Awesome. You got anything, Paul? Yeah, since uh, we just had Mother's Day, I'd like to give a shout-out to the mothers out there. They uh, quelled our fears and dried our tears uh, for the ones that gave us children. Great appreciation for what they do. They bring a softer side to the world and I'd like to make moms my person of the week. Yeah, sorry. My dog was just about going crazy. (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. And as a single dad, somehow I kept getting happy Mother's Day texts from people. I was just like, well, they do have Father's Day. So (laughs) it's okay. Hey, you're wearing both hats now, brother. I only wear one decently. Sorry. Dogs out. Well, I wanted to give a shout out actually because I got this book. Um, this book from a friend of mine, and it's uh, it's by Katie Torney. I mean, you can see it there. Boots, it's called. It's a it's a book for kids about PTSD. Um, and apparently this guy had uh, her son went to combat and then came back and uh, he was like one of those PTSD guys who'd sleep in the closet and, you know, he had serious issues. So they wrote a book for, you know, kids to kind of get a, a good understanding, which is cool. And they even talked about their organization is, uh, or the foundation that they wrote is the Garrett Turney, Turney Foundation. And they partnered with this, uh, I think I've heard of these, Saving Grace Canine. So they hooked this guy up with a canine and everything. And apparently that's been really helpful. 
And uh, I know you might probably see a lot of uh, foundations and things popping up for veterans, but we obviously need more of them. So good on you. Kudos to you guys out there that are doing for veterans and helping out. But I uh, just wanted to give them a shout out. So if you guys want to check it out, go uh, check it out and see what they got to offer. Good for them, that's Mike. it. What's that? It's so good for them. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a kid's book, too. I mean, I could show you some, you know, the, the cover. I, I, I'm going to tell them might be a little, I have to re, I don't know if it's a hole in the dog or what, but still, still a good book on the inside. <laughs> Either way, it looks good. Anyways, if there's nothing else, I will uh, close this out here. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you all out there for uh, putting up with us, watching. Hope you enjoy what we had to say. I hope you come back next time. Hope you're, if you're a veteran, you come and join us on the show. And until then, Godspeed. And pull a pin already. Slot tag.